aka Patters, welcome to the 28th day of dread and i am peter peter a deluca aka pad from aka pad's audio audacity podcast and we're we're talking about a bucket list movie of mine that i've seen a lot of action figures for a lot of posters a lot of prints a lot of redesigned dvd covers 4k releases the list goes on and on it's always been haunting me pun intended that i haven't seen reanimator hp lovecraft's reanimator and i'm here to talk to you about it and it does this someone continues the uh thread uh a couple episodes ago a couple days ago uh you know i think this movie works perfectly with return of the living dead because it deals it deals with the same concepts and it's it's just you know like again like a different way to get to the party different different uh avenues into that door that is so much fun and hey let's hit that intro let's get to it I got something to talk to you about. Nineteen eighty-five, Stuart Gordon. Uh, he he kind of uh, went into this. He had to go into this movie with a a full vision, like full elements understood. Uh, I realized that. Uh, you know, a lot of these movies that, that I discussed for 31 Days of Dread, they are well documented. Uh, you know, it's a lot like uh, Star Wars, where when you do a deep dive into Star Wars, you not only go into the movies, but you go into how every single one of those movies were made. Uh, Star Wars really uh, popularized selling the process because, uh, you know, like the the story, the mythology, the continuity of Star Wars is just so magnifying. It, it, it was easier to almost create this cottage industry of selling the process. And that led to uh, the DVD boom because DVDs became so much more valuable than VHSs, than VHS tapes because of these extra features with commentaries. Uh, every single movie at one point uh, had a commentary and had uh, at least a 22-30 minute documentary that for some of the lower ended movies doubled as like sci-fi channel specials. So I go through Return of the Living Dead a couple of days ago and you know completely get my mind wiped, blown away by that movie. Not just from the practical special effects but from just the, the horror solutions that that movie provided. Now this movie, it's it's essentially a modern day Frankenstein. We're dealing with a weirdo. We're dealing with a a, a magical green chemical that can reanimate people. Now, the major fault of this movie, it's that we don't get into that chemical enough. There there is no real um, you know exposition or it, it's not drawn out now a lot of times when when we see these in movies when, when when we see similar exposition in movies we check out and we get it more than once we think it's too many times so that's a part of one of the uh, the trick the magic the um the the trickery the magician of uh, storytelling it's that we we work in the exposition in such a way that we easily receive it uh, it seems natural, and you know we log it in, log it into our brains, and we move on. Now this movie, I feel like didn't have it. The funny thing is, I just finished watching tomorrow's movie, Day Twenty Nine, Bride of the Reanimator. Bride of the Reanimator is everything I thought this movie would be. 
Now, it's a very similar situation between Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein from last year's 31 Days of Dread. We're talking the Universal 1940 movies. Where when you think of a Frankenstein movie, you're actually thinking of its sequel, Bride of Frankenstein. It, very similar to with Rocky. When you imagine a Rocky movie, you're actually, you know, and this is like if you've never seen it, if you've seen clips, uh, you know, and like if, if, if the idea of the movie starts to form in your head from it, you know, from the pop culture impact and you haven't seen it, you get ideas, you get like a, you formulate something. Most people who haven't seen any of the Rocky movies think it's Rocky 4. They think it's going to unfold and be a lot like Rocky 4, where in fact Rocky 1 is such a uh, difference. It, it's such a it's such a different movie than Rocky 4. You can make the same argument argument with First Blood and Rainbow. You know, where uh, people don't imagine Stallone as an action star in First Blood. They imagine him in the later movies. Now, this uh, Bride of Frankenstein is more of what I thought this movie would be. Because we have like goofy uh, effects, you know, like good looking effects, but they're goofy. There are parts of people uh, matched together to create living forms. This movie, uh, Reanimator. Okay, Reanimator just essentially is people being reanimated. Uh, the big story hook or like the, the big uh, antagonist that, that comes up is a guy that's murdered, that's reanimated, that's bribing our Dr. Frankenstein. And that's essentially what this movie is, is an analog for, you know, or an allegory or a, it's mirroring Frankenstein. The good, the great God speech, the, the, the great, um, you know, your God failed, I'm succeeding speech is in the next movie. It's not in this movie. That's a lot of what I'm talking about. But along the way, uh, you know, we have a, a character, you know, like I, I was really taken aback by our, um, our, our main guy here, uh, who is Stuart, right? No, uh, Bruce, Bruce Abbott, Bruce Abbott is such a he 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 is this character he is locked in he's he's locked into the point that um you know like his his coldness his his exactness it's just excused it's just excused uh you know he's driven he's a driven individual and this movie kind of you know it starts in the in the trope way uh you know it kind of like it's somewhat decent that it starts with this failed experiment and then, you know, that's how we're introduced to our Dr. Frankenstein. And then he goes into academia. He gets accepted into this medical community, medical school, and then immediately starts using this green chemical to, uh, you know, experiment, to bring people back, to uh, prove that um, life can exist through death. That is the hook. You know, that's the draw of any of these movies. You know, that's why I think they, th these movies are pure horror because they, they ask, you know, like they, they beg for these questions to be answered and these questions are not answerable questions. And that is a little bit of the parable that uh, even us as a, uh, as an audience, that's what we struggle with. Now, you know, like I would, like, I don't want to say the effects and maybe some of the gore disappointed me. You know, it's in no way close to Return of the Living Dead. And this movie, I think, gets a little bit too much credit for 
the effects. You know, just uh, not the execution. I think the execution is there, but the idea, um, the ideas around the effects. So, you know, like the effect of the effects, so to speak. Yeah, you know, like so. I was uh, I was a little bit taken aback by that. And going back to the intro, this is one of the reasons why I love uh, parts of the Thirty One Days of Dread because you know I literally just watched this movie, just watched the second one, and I'm talking to you and I'm recording it. Yeah, you know, like this movie hasn't had a lot of time to sit. Uh, you know, the Thirty One Days of Dread in my podcast, we're about long form film conversation and you know and even throughout this month one one of the additional reasons there's a lot of reasons now <laughs> but one of the reasons why we're a little bit behind is because i did go back and do a deep dive on some of these movies just to uh be double familiar with them just to have fresh ideas in my head of what i thought worked and what i thought didn't work now the other awesome trope that we have in this movie that is kind of fading and I think a, a good solid reason why these movies are resonating is we do have uh, sex. We do have boobies. We have a naked woman uh, three times in this movie. And she is spectacularly looking good. Like, holy crap, uh, rock and roll. You know, and uh, this idea of sex and gore and blood and godlike characters it is a mix you know like i don't feel like you could make this movie today and subtract the sex now the bride of frankenstein doesn't have enough of that you know because again that movie starts to hit the mainstream and we have to tune it down we have to bring it back we see this all the time with sequels this is exactly what we saw in return of the living dead part two that's another reason why i was majorly disappointed with that uh, but uh, because I, I wanted to have, I wanted to at least echo and be in tone, and, you know, and kind of again to quote George Lucas, be like poetry and have some of the same beats. Uh, but at the same time, it is an eighty sequel. That is what, you know, that is what we expect. That is to to be expected. Now, uh, you know, within eighty sequels. But, you know, like, is this movie a full recommendation? Is it, like, a go-to and watch if you haven't seen it? A hundred percent. This is one of those movies, 1985, Stuart Gordon. Uh, it's it's a must-watch. Stuart Gordon, Another Journeyman, uh, this is the same point, same point I just made with, with, with Prophecy, okay? If Stuart Gordon was in a Steven Spielberg position, uh, uh, he, he would have had as many hits many uh, as many hits that hit the lexicon as many movies that carried on because the resources and talent available now this guy also <laughs> directed the 1990 robot jocks he wrote honey i shrunk the kids see you see some of it you see a little bit too where honey i shrunk the kids of him slipping into the mainstream but at the same time if he had the full resources that some of these uh, lexicon cultural filmmakers have had, he would have had the impact. He would have been able to do more with some of his ideas. He he would have been able to access other people's ideas. He would have been an industry of his own. I'm guaranteed, you know, like I can guarantee it. Okay, it maybe in an alternate timeline, it's there, like and it's happening. Uh, oh, and he also directed From Beyond and Dolls uh, and Dolls. So from like 85 to 87, he gave us one, like the, the three coolest movies, Reanimator, From Beyond, and Dolls. Okay, my sister and I, uh, the 1987 Dolls, uh, I think that, that hit my list 
for the 31 days of dread the last two years my sister and i used to love dolls we get that movie all the time from the video store and just watch it endlessly we it, we used to watch that and uh house we i don't know why we just those are two horror movies from my youth that i i that echo <laughs> yeah, like the, the echo in me even today now we have to talk about this one other guy richard richard bant this movie opens with one of the most cool exact simple uh credit sequences you can ever imagine okay it's black we're dealing with uh bright blues bright pinks bright greens these are colors that scream to me because i love using these colors uh, for my design work and illustration work and you know we're we're just dealing with like medical chart type stuff the music alone richard band's a score theme for this movie and the way how the uh, the music is used in this movie tells another story it accentuates it pumps it gets it going okay it is as good as the music in anything you can imagine let's just go back to star wars it's as good as john williams in star wars new hope richard bant who has a career 85 films this guy has been involved in most of these films you've never even heard of because, again, if this guy had resources, if he had attention, if he was pulled from the ether and worked with a Francis Ford Coppola, if he worked even with a Michael Bay, we would know his name. But we don't know his name because he's working in the lower tier of the industry. So even in 92, he, he scores like five movies, Transfers 2, Seed People, The Resurrected. Dr. Morbid, Demonic Toys. You get the point? You know, you have to have that level of productivity when you're not scoring E.T. or Jurassic Park. He deserves so much credit. Uh, I think of all the movies of the 31 Days of Dread, this is by far my favorite score, like my favorite score, Discovery. The theme, uh, I think, is one of the best in cinema history. Uh, I hate to say it. But, you know, Richard Bands, uh, you know, I'm sure if we do more of a, a deeper dive with him, we will, um, you know, find out more themes and more, th you know, like he's just done so much. But he's probably done more of that that we can all relate to. But look, everyone, for 31 Days of Dread, uh, this is rounding out our our sequel block. Because <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing Reanimator and Bride of Reanimator. And I wanted to do two... Uh, two fresh movies and i really wanted that to be uh see no uh, see no evil one and two starring kane from wwe and uh the first one was like uh and the second one was like oh crap like no not it, it not enough meat on the bone for me to do two episodes uh even though i still wanted to like discuss those movies and then i thought uh, Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead 2, but again, Return of the Living Dead 2, not enough meat on the bone uh, for a full discussion. I, I took a chance, I took a swing because, uh, you know, like I never heard weird things about Bride of Reanimator, and I, I was kind of happy, like, you know, like happy I made that choice, I think it was the right choice, so get ready for day 29 is Bride of the Reanimator with your boy, aka Pad. Go check out this movie. Leave me a comment wherever you're listening to this. And, and send me a like. Let's rock and roll. Until next time everyone. Let's do this. <laughs>